Thanks for having me. Excited to talk shop with you. Sure. No worries. So I remember in, in 2010 when I left the agency world and decided, hey, I want to be a, a solopreneur. I said, in 10 years from now, I want to be a teacher. At the time, I wanted to teach American history. Turns out 10 years later, I don't know anything about American history. I enjoy it, but I can't teach something that I don't have background in. Uh, one day I get an email from someone saying, hey, we lost a teacher. Could you come in and basically take this class for us? This was at um, Cal State Fullerton. And so I went for it. I, I thought, hey, what the heck? I'm, I've always wanted to be a teacher. I'm going to give it a shot, put some videos together, and uh, went through the whole Canvas experience, did the quizzes, set up some assignments, you know, had some had some really good fun with it. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm getting mentioned to other schools. And before you know it, I'm teaching nearly 10 courses uh, between three different uh, uh, three different online marketing programs. And, and I enjoy the process. It's self-paced. I get to give back to the industry. It doesn't really pay anything. Uh, in fact, the first paycheck I got, they had to call me and say, hey, are you going to come get this check? And I'm like, oh, that's right. I get paid for this. Um, so I, I really do it. I really do it because I enjoy working with other students. You know what's been interesting in that whole process of the, I think some 600 students I've had in the last four years, uh, is that a lot of them will come back afterwards, not just for career advice, but to share their success and what they're doing in marketing. I'm now the marketing manager of such and such. And I remember being inspired in your class on some of the things that that you taught me that helped me get this position. Or I've even gotten some clients, you know, where uh, a former student say, hey, I'm, I'm uh, a marketing intern at this place. And I told them how, um, you know, smart you were at SEO. And I'm like, well, I'm just experienced. I don't know if I'm smart or not. But uh, but it's it's been the catalyst to um, new business, new relationships, uh, and now hundreds of students that uh, that think of me and will remember me and, and you know, will be part of our digital marketing community in the future. So it's it's uh, it's well worth it, no matter what industry you're in, you know, to, to just take a couple hours a week out of your life to, you know, to, to do some adjunct teaching. Um, I guarantee you it's it's worth it. And, and um, all the the things that you get out of it, except for the money part. There's again no money in it, <laughs> but it's fun. Right. We wrote it last year and we're already doing our updates this summer. My my co-author, Scott Cowley, he's from University of Michigan. And I remember writing the book the first time. I'm like, all right, here's 30 pages of amazing on technical SEO. And he comes back and he's like, all right, so I've taken this down to 10 pages for you. <laughs> like, oh, no, what about all my content? It's like we got to make it so that it's it's consumable by somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience in it. Um, and we also have to make it as evergreen as we can. Um, and keep it up to date with some of the latest and greatest algorithms. The, the important thing with search marketing in particular is a lot of what we talk about is principle-based. So there are tactics and there are strategies uh, that hold the test of time. I mean, writing great content, coming up with, with really strong and helpful media and images and videos, that's never going to change. Getting other websites to mention and link to us, that's never going to change. Um, getting people to want to click on our results when we appear in a search result, 
that's never going to change. Uh, the only things that that's really change are the appearance of the search results, the, the ways that we can appear. Hey, our Twitter streams can now appear in Google again. That's amazing. Let's optimize our Twitter a bit so we get more of a presence in the you know, in the universal search results. So there are those types of things that are ever changing and evolving, but but the principles of what you do for, for content, for getting other websites to mention and link to you, um, and to get your listing to really stand out and get the clicks, those things never change. So that's why it's not as difficult, but again, you know, the names of the current algorithms, you know, they change BERT to MUM and Google and that sort of thing. So we want to make sure we mention those and talk about the the evolution of those updates over time and the way that search engines handle longer queries like RankBrain, the way that we can incorporate different types of code into our websites at the moment, um, you know, to create rich results and to tell the search engines a little bit more about the content, you know, using schema and, and other technology. In a couple of years from now, we're going to be doing some more things with voice and, and action uh, events so that, that users can interact with our website and start to untether themselves from these things and start to use more voice queries. We've been working on it probably for the good part of what eight years now and it's a very very slow evolution because businesses aren't teaching their consumers how to use and interact with their businesses on voice yet but when they do and they start to using some code and and a little bit of of work in the action console and alexa skills uh you know uh, section can can enable a business to focus on search that is you know hands-free so i think I think those kind of things change and evolve and um, you know, being part of a textbook that has to change and evolve with it is fun. It's exciting to, to you know, to, it's, and you get better. The more you teach something, the better you get, right? All the different learning skills, the, the, the reading, the writing, the, the listening, the, uh, the teaching, all of those different types of, of ways to, to learn something contribute to you becoming better at what you do. I can read all day long, but if I don't use it and I don't teach it, it's gonna just slip away. So um, it, you know, teaching something new keeps me sharp at all the things that are happening. When Google Analytics 4 came kind of the new standard and Google said, we're gonna depreciate Google Analytics, I'm teaching SEO tools and analytics at you know at, at um, UC San Diego, and so I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I've got to learn this GA4, even though I've hated it and I've procrastinated because now I have to teach it. I can't just have the students use Universal anymore. So you know, I did the Neo thing. I blocked out some time on a weekend, you know, put my headphones on, and I just did what I needed to do to learn, you know, the the basic way to navigate around GA4. And you know what? As I got into it. It was fun. I got to nerd out a little bit. I got to test some things. What if I do this? What if I change my event name to this? What if I do? So if you're passionate about what you what you do in your industry and, and you like it, the, the change is part of what you enjoy about your job. It's something you embrace. It's something that you, you want to learn more. You want to be a sponge. You're looking at those blog feeds every day. You're reading, you know, the, the experts, Twitter hashtags and, and posts and things that they're talking about. You're, you're subscribed to the big forums in, in local search, like local search forum and subscribe to the things that's, um, and great newsletters that your peers put out. You're passionate and a sponge, you know, for knowledge. So I think, I think that's, I don't think it's a challenge. I think it's an advantage that I have over other industries that don't change because that could get very boring doing the same thing over and over and over again, whether you're a plumber or electrician, you know, and you've mastered what you've done because you've done it 10,000 times. There's not a whole lot of new. There's not a whole lot of learning. There's not a whole lot of sharpening the saw. But in our industry, every day we're sharpening the saw and that's fun. So if you're if you're a forever scholar like like, like I am, then the change is something you embrace, not something that you're afraid of.
<laughs> okay. I love I love the flower one that says flowers better than Viagra. I was like, oh my god, that's genius! <laughs> Such a great billboard. Anyway, but you're right; it, it stimulates emotion for sure. Or they're an SEO and they're trying to see where they rank. <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah. Right. That reminds me of a circumstance uh, with a restaurant chain we worked with during the pandemic, right? During the pandemic, nobody was looking for restaurants near me or directions near me everything was locked down how do you keep the lights on when when buildings are closed and you can't go indoors anywhere and so we we introduced uh, delivery and takeout pages so if somebody was doing restaurant delivery near me restaurant takeout near me that our restaurant chains could appear for those queries and keep the kitchen lights on um, by offering off-premises um, takeout and delivery options and if if we hadn't created those pages you know, thousands of jobs, cooks and, um, you know, and, the, and the, the folks that work in the restaurants wouldn't have work to do. So it was, and then when, when the jobs were needed again, when things started opening up, we created a jobs page. So if you did a search for restaurant jobs near me, uh, there's a page on every single location now. So they had over 52,000 applications, you know, within a couple months of launching these pages uh, because we were solving a problem during a really, a really interesting time where people weren't searching the same way. And, uh, and I think I think that built awareness among the entire business community that we can't we can't expect that all of our customers are always going to just come to our location. There could be another pandemic. There could be something else. There could be, you know, wars and all sorts of weird things that are going to happen. And our job as business owners is to is to sort of think about ways that we can um, sustain our business during those weird times. And I think 
I think that's where search can come into play. And like you said, if if um if you've taken the time to just claim your Google Maps profile, you're going to get that traffic where the guy who's not doing that gets passed on the road, you know. And if you're a restaurant that hasn't created pages for delivery and takeout and specific things that you do differently than other um, competitors of yours, then you're going to be missing out on a lot of free traffic from search engines. Or if you're building around a digital marketing campaign, you're doing all three of those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All your eggs in one basket. Yeah. <clears throat> Sure, and and we've we've seen that every every other type of media um, that you do, every type of advertising that you do, can play a role in your SEO. We see that every single time one of our our you know brands, large brand accounts, runs a media campaign, our SEO goes up. We see people doing branded searches. We see them searching for us again because they saw an ad somewhere online, whether it was a search ad or or an ad somewhere else. Uh, they all play in and support each other. Um, the the way that we've been trying to evangelize for having a you know multi-medium digital marketing strategy in play is by holding the the publisher accountable to your cost per acquisition goals. So go to your publisher and say, look, I'm willing to spend some money here, but I need to make sure I see results. So I'm going to put some tags on my my ads, or you're going to help me put some tags on my ads, so that I can look at my analytics and know that this is performing for me better than other types of advertising I'm doing. Otherwise, I'm going to reallocate my budget and put it all where I'm getting the most action. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's um, TikTok. Maybe it's um, you know search ads. Maybe it's Bing. Maybe it's you know Twitter. Who knows? Uh, wherever you you seem to get the best results. And results are going to vary based on the type of business you have. If you're e-commerce, to me, results is going to be ROI, right? What's my ROI since I can track dollars and cents and even drill in to campaigns and know how much my profit is going to be on each sale? Maybe it's return on ad spend, right? What, what kind of return are you getting on your ad spend? Maybe it's your cost per lead, your lead business. You're not really selling anything online. You're an attorney, you're a, a CPA, you're a chiropractor, right? You're looking at your cost per lead. Uh, goal. So work work with each of those different publishers and say, I'm going to continue spending with you every month as long as my cost per lead and the quality of leads uh, aligns with you know what what my business objectives are, and and in doing that it makes it much easier because then it's um, you look at your reports every quarter and you say okay here's here's my Google um, analytics or, and I go through all the different uh, campaigns that I have. One campaign is is going to be 
search uh, or organic. One's going to be, uh, well, not necessarily. We can kind of count that separately. One's going to be paid, CPC. Uh, one might be social ads. One might be email campaigns. And then you're going to scroll over to that column and you're going to see exactly what your cost per lead or what your uh, your actual return on ad spend is going to look like. So I think I think that's the way to, to evangelize for a, a broader internet marketing strategy. But I don't I don't recommend anybody doing it for the first time on their own. I do think it's if you go into it alone, you got to hold that publisher accountable to what your goals are, and they'll give you a rep if you work with the right people or send enough requests. What I recommend doing is getting with somebody who's an expert and having them help you set up and establish what your strategy should be, how to measure it, and then pass the baton back over to you. Um, yeah, you'll spend a couple hundred dollars for that initial consult, whoever it is, an email marketing expert, a paid social expert, a paid search expert, an SEO expert, you'll pay a few hundred dollars to have that person give you a bit of a strategy. But in doing so, you're not going in blind and you're not wasting money trying to learn, right? You can skip the learning process and go straight to trying to get the, the most from each of those platforms. So get that strategist to come in, um, help you create an, an action plan, uh, action plan and a tracking mechanism. So that way, you, when you do hold those publishers accountable, you have a point of reference um, and you'll feel like, Great, I didn't have to spend six months trying to learn how to do paid ads. I actually went to an expert. They set everything up for me or walked me through it. And now, you know, I can focus on the, the ROI piece of it. Uh, I think that answers your question, right? Of how do you how do you get them convinced not to just do SEO? And you mentioned that being number one in Google. And unfortunately, there are some brands where that's still important. And, and there are measurable ways to, to tie in a specific broad, we call a head term, to revenue. Uh, one client in particular loses, I think, $115,000 a day uh, for every every day that he's not number one, where he's number two, he loses like $115,000 a day for that head term because there's so much volume for it and it's so important to their business. Um, so so there are circumstances where, where it is important, but 90% of the time, it's more about just growing your visibility, the number and the array of keywords that you're appearing for, that the growth of content you're going to create to solve problems that your customers have will eventually grow the number of keywords that you start to get traffic from. And then you worry less about make, being number one and you, you worry more about making sure that there's consistent growth. And any month where your SEO is kind of plateaued, you go back to your webmaster, to your content writer, your social media outreach person, you get them in a huddle and you say, team, we need to make sure every month we're growing. So let's let's look at our key pages that we know are important to us. Let's look at the key pages of our competition and let's make sure every month we're improving the quality of our content, the helpfulness of it, the visibility of our content off our website, and how users are interacting with our content within search results, not just blue links and black text, but the images that should appear in the image carousels, the videos that should appear there, the questions and answers. And people also asked, let's make sure we're appearing everywhere we possibly can in paid and organic to get more of that real estate that's available. And that every month we're doing something to make our pages convert better, to keep them on our page and not going back to Google and choosing a competitor so that we're sending the right signals every month about patterns. Our pattern is that every month we're getting better. And if we're getting better every month, you're going to see growth and you don't have to worry about tactics. You can focus again on those you know, grounding principles of what we do in SEO and put more of your time into the creative things that will get people to want to link to your content, the studies, the surveys, the expert interviews, the um, 
the research and data and findings that you publish that the industry will link to to make you more of an authority on a topic and build brand awareness. That's where you should be spending your time, not not trying tactics and and just doing SEO or doing social media, but instead, you know, lay it out with an actual strategy. And and once that strategy is in play, just make sure every month you go back and say, team, how are we doing? But digital marketers like us, like like you and I, take everything on ourselves. We put everything on us. And when everything's on us, you know what we end up doing? Nothing, because we have too much and we don't want to to think about all the things that we should be thinking about. But if we let go of that and we we delegated and we held other team members accountable, maybe it's a college student we hired, maybe it's an intern, uh, maybe it's a junior marketer who's spending a couple hours a week helping you, whoever it is, get someone on the team that can support you a few hours a week so that you can delegate off that accountability and only hold yourself accountable to that monthly meeting and and to holding your team accountable to seeing growth every month. That was a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. We had this idea that we would create a t-shirt that said, am I an SEO consultant? And on the back, it says, it depends. And this is one of those circumstances where it depends. If you are in a very competitive uh, industry, maybe you're in mortgage and real estate and refinance, maybe you're a florist or a locksmith or um, a payday loan company, who knows? you're in a super, super competitive industry and you're a new business, then I probably wouldn't initially put my time into SEO. I think I'd I'd probably circle back on it. And what I would do instead is I would build relationships with similar verticals so that other people are promoting me. So I get some referral business to kind of to, to make it through. If you get enough referral business to make it through, then you can pivot over to SEO start on some of those broader competitive keywords that are going to take sometimes two or three years to rank well for because they're that competitive and you've got to unroot that top you know listing so start with those competitive keywords and then build out a lot of supportive content underneath those over the course of six to 12 months so that down the the line your competitor has one page to compete with your section of content you'll be more helpful you'll appear for a broader array of keywords. You'll flank the competition by getting more um, longer tail queries where the intent is very specific versus broad, where they're still kind of browsing and shopping. Um, so I think I think that's how I would approach it is if, if you're a new business and you're in a competitive industry, start by focusing on referrals and partnerships um, and then dive into SEO. If you're in a business that's not very competitive and we have one right now, we just started working with that we've really enjoyed called Renta Romper. And they've got this really cool thing where if you're a mom or a parent, do you want to kind of do some fashion exchange and, and have different outfits for your baby? Um, you can do that through their website. Well, no one's searching for that. No one knows that knows that kind of stuff exists. So if you're in a business where there's not a, a huge demand, um, part of what you need to do is, is build some brand awareness and start looking at keywords that are a little bit off from what people would be searching for because no one's searching for you yet. So if you've got something new and innovative that you're doing that nobody is looking for, be the one um, that creates that demand over the next couple of years. But while you're doing that, you know, figure out some ways that you can solve problems for your audience. For Rent-A-Romper, it's kind of 
probably going to be around things around baby fashion, right? Topics that are interesting to, to uh, the target audience, drive them in through that kind of content, come up with some really fun interviews that you do with, um, you know, with, with um, experts in baby clothes and do these interviews and share them in social media and drive people back to subscribe to your email list so that, you know, in a year from now, you've got 100,000 moms subscribed to your newsletter and to your blog posts. Um, and then, at that point, they'll know who you are and you've created a demand. And now there's probably 20, 30,000 people a month searching for what you do because they heard about you through somebody who subscribes to you. So I think I think there's two different approaches, one, you know, in a competitive industry and one where you're you're kind of creating your own industry with something new, unique and innovative. Uh -huh. It's hard. Yeah, it's a long run. That's the challenge with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of them too. If there's a, there's so like thousands of tools that you can use online to to study competition. To some of the easy things that you can do for free, or just go to the competitor websites and then type in a forward slash sitemap s i t e m a p dot xml and download this big list of all the pages that your competitors have. Maybe take the top ten competitors and do that same thing. Put them in one big list and then go through row by row and say is this page something I should have on my website or not, right? And then you look at those competing pages and just make sure yours is slightly better in some way, unique in some way. Um, I think that's a, a really easy free way to start uh, with an SEO and a, and a content strategy. It's just not reinventing the wheel, doing what's working for the competition. Um, starting there, you'll start to see some, some traffic come in and then you can go back to your, maybe in six months from now or a year from now, go back to your free Google search console dashboard and drill into each page to see all the different search terms that Google's displayed your page for. And then you're gonna find all sorts of new opportunities. You're like, well, this, this keyword doesn't necessarily match up this page, but I don't really have a page for it. Maybe I should make that a, a task. I'll create a page for that search term because I don't really have content that satisfies that query. So you learn from the data that you already get from those free tools, and that helps you to build your sitemap over time. So in two, three, 12 years from now, you know, you'll end up with hundreds of pages that solve problems that your customers are looking for. And you're like, wow, I went from, you know, 700 visits a month to somewhere like 50,000 a month, you know, over the last five years, just by continuously going back into that data, looking for new opportunities, monitoring what my competition's doing and having a, a, a predictable content roadmap to continue chipping away at every day. <laughs> of course. Sure.
Of course. So there's there's two things that I think might be helpful for people who who are finding an interest in, in this whole SEO thing. Uh, we have this Academy of Search that you could go to. I have a, like a $600 program in there, but uh, because you took the time to watch and, and hang out with me, just use code SEO Steve and you'll get free access to it. We're gonna be evolving it soon. And as long as you have access to it before we start making a bunch of changes, you'll continue to get free access to it. Um, again, it's academyofsearch.com SEO Steve. I'm SEO Steve on all the different social channels. So Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram and all the places, that's where you can find me. If you want to tag our team um, and, and ask anyone on the team some questions about your keyword rankings, about technical SEO, about content, uh, about anything we talked about today, um, it's, it's Wiedemann everywhere, W-I-I-D-E-M-A-N. Happy to, to troubleshoot and see what we can do. We I, I grew up helping small businesses. That's how I exist today, as I did a lot of free work. Um, so we, we still embrace that, and we still embrace the small business community. So if you feel like, yeah, I can't afford this consultant or this consultancy. Throw that away. We want to help everybody. So please, if there's something that we can do to to just help you troubleshoot and, and look at a page and figure out why it's not ranking, hit us up. That's what we live for. So happy to help. You bet. <laughs> it's absolutely my pleasure thank you so much for having me on the show